Hey, are you into werewolves, mad scientists, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... Hey, so dirty. It's no wonder no one listens to your show, David. It's awful. It's awful. So much cursing and the Schwanz jokes. No one wants to hear that. Shaggy Green never needed to work blue. Neither do you. People will like you for you. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you ran out of content and dragged your friend onto the show, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, March 24th, 2017, Old Men Yell at Cloud edition of the show where we talk about how much better things were when we were young and why our back hurts so much and I have to get up all night and go pee. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you this week by Nostalgia, the sleep aid for the youngs. Do you experience occasional sleepless nights, difficulty falling or remaining asleep? Nostalgia is a fast, effective, drug-free remedy for occasional insomnia. Simply download the Nostalgia app, turn it on, and let our aging, disaffected, and bitter olds drone you to sleep in minutes. Select from a wide array of topics spanning music, television, movies, politics, toys we had as children, or any of hundreds of other topics. Choose your Gen X or Boomer representative and they will quickly lull you out with their endless reminiscing on how much better things were when they were young. Try it for free using the promo code OHGODNO at checkout and hear Dave Bledsoe explain to you why cartoons were better in the 70s. Nostalgia. We never had trouble sleeping when we were your age, I'll tell you that. One trick is to tell them stories that don't go anywhere. Like the time I caught the ferry over to Shelbyville, I needed a new heel for my shoe. So, I decided to go to Morganville, which is what they call Shelbyville in those days. So I tied an onion to my belt, which was the style at the time. Now, to take the ferry cost a nickel, and in those days, nickels had pictures of bumblebees on them. Give me five bees for a quarter, you'd say. Now, where were we? Oh, yeah. The important thing was that I had an onion on my belt, which was the style at the time. They didn't have white onions because of the war. The only thing you could get was those big yellow ones. It's been a huge week this week. Come to find out our president is actually under investigation for possible collusion with the Russians to influence the election last year. Barack Hussein, because the middle name is important, Obama, did not in fact tap-tap-tap-tap. How many P's did he put in there? He didn't tap Trump's wires. Or hack his Hot Pockets. Hot Pockets! In other news, Merrick Garland's hearing for his Supreme Court nomination began. What? What do you mean it's not Merrick Garland? That was the guy that was nominated. I mean, you can't just nominate somebody else after somebody's been... Oh, that's right. Right. Sorry. Sorry, Gavin informs me it's not Merrick Garland, but some guy named Neil Gorsuch, whose name sounds like a noise a goat makes when it vomits up a shoe. Anyway, so that's the guy that's apparently going to get Merrick's stolen seat. It was his hearings that the Senate began. But I, I, I don't want to talk about that. Or rather, I, I'm not going to talk about it by myself, because I want to welcome to the show our first ever guest. My good friend, knows for, known for his bon mots, being a savant of the grill, and the longest-suffering student guard coordinator in academic history, and he's got a whole bunch of degrees and shit. Welcome to the What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast, Andrew Rodell. Andrew, thanks for coming on to the show tonight. Uh, 
dude, welcome to New York City. Oh, Dave, you know, it's it's wonderful to be here. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really having a great time, and thank you for your hospitality. Oh, anytime, man. You're always welcome up here. So, look, before we even get started, before we even get started, you told me a story today about meeting one Donald J. Trump. I have to, could you just repeat that story to me? Because it was the best thing that I've heard in forever. Okay. Oh, all righty. Very, very happy to oblige. Well, this is a perfectly true story. Um, and the way it goes is, so this was around uh, 1989. And uh, I was then a, an undergraduate student at the University of Pennsylvania. And uh, I was in, uh, my friends and I, you know, sometimes we would study, sometimes we'd study uh, at the places they wanted, you know, people who were basically in the arts and sciences, like English majors and history majors and people like that. They wanted us to study in the, you know, the crabby buildings, pretty much the old crabby buildings with the bad plumbing and the, and the, and the cockroaches. So what we would do is we would sneak into the business school building. Oh, the rich people building. Oh, yeah, the rich people building. Of course, yes. Absolutely. So we would sneak in. It was called Steinberg Dietrich Hall, or as Nazis called it, Steinberg Dietrich Hall. And we would, so we would sneak in there. And, uh, and by sneak, I mean, you know, walk in. Um, and, and we go in there, and it was a very ritzy building. It actually had a mock-up. Not kidding you. It actually had a mock-up of the 1920s stock exchange floor. So, here's the thing. So, I'm sitting in there one day. There I am, sitting there, sitting in, the, in Steinberg Dietrich Hall, minding my own business, not hurting anybody, right? All I'm doing is studying, you know, I'm, I'm doing air quotes, studying. studying. Right, yes. I'm actually not doing air quotes because we're on the radio. But, uh, but here's the thing. Um, so, so Donald Trump, he comes, you know, we see him, he comes walking past, and even in 1989, everybody knew what Donald Trump looked like, you know? Like, it, it's not like, it's not like in 1989, he looked completely different, you know? It's not like looking at Mick Jagger in 1970. Right, ba- basically now. the hair was just a little bit more then. The hair was more. He was less orange know? then, I he, believe, was, he was, he right. was less orange, he had, he had been exposed to less radiation or something, and so, uh, so he walks by and he sees me and my friend Dave, my friend David Tevis Bow, and we're sitting there and we're we're studying, and he says something like a uh, oh, and he has like a little entourage with him, you know, he has a couple of suits with him, and he just kind of stops, you know, he's wearing like a long coat, you know, and a red tie like always, and he stops and he says, uh, so uh, you boys, uh, you enjoying the facilities? You know, like, like you were like, pissing in a bathroom. Exactly. What? Yeah. Like, like he caught us peeing on a hooker. You know, like it was, it was just like it was. So it was, and wanted to join in. It was, it was very. So it was like that. So, so we just were like, yes, Mr. Trump, it's all very lovely. Thank you. You know, and and then he's, you know, and he, he either gave us a thumbs up or you know something, and then he just moves on. So that's. That's the part of the story, and that's perfectly true. That that basically is what happened, as best as I can recollect it. But there's a there's a sequel to it, where later on uh, at the front of this building there was a security desk, right? You know, you had a security guard working there, and day and night. So he got to kind of know us. He got to know the familiar faces, the people who study here all the time. So I went in one day, and I had noticed for a long time that on the wall right next to the security desk, there's a safe. There is a wall safe with a little, you know, like with a dial and the, the dial. big brass yeah. handle. Yeah, yeah exactly. Of course, yeah. Combination yeah. lock, but it's built into the wall. So, so we ask the guard. I ask the guard. I say, uh, guard, um, why do you have 
why is there a wall safe there? Do you keep like emergency equipment in it? Do you know what do you keep in there? Bundles of money. Bundles you know? of money. Bundles of. It joy. was the business school. Like, it's yeah, entirely exactly. possible, right? Exactly. He's you know since he knew me pretty well by then just from sight he uh he gets up and he's just like I'm gonna I'll show you what's in it and he chuckles and he gets up and he twists the dial you know left right left you know opens it door swings open and what's in there but it's gotta be a couple of dozen framed photos of Donald Trump so like what Donald probably has next to his bed at night right yeah exactly yeah, yeah. exactly so um. What Donald probably prays to when he's in his private White House chapel. There was there was a picture. There was a picture of Donald Trump since because Donald Trump had given a lot of money for the construction of this building. He donated a lot of money to Penn, so there was a portrait of Donald Trump that was hanging near the entrance to this building. So we're like, okay, but why? That's fine, but why do you have a couple dozen copies in there? And the guard's like, oh, well, Mr. Trump was worried that people would steal it, that they would steal his portrait <laughs> off the wall. Did that happen? I mean, and I'm like, for what? For the monetary value? For the, you know, to fence it? And the guy's like, you know. Someday this guy might be president. You don't know, so. <laughs> okay, Dave. Yeah, I know. Be nice. serious. If we had, if Donald Trump, if we had known, if I had any inkling on that, you know, when I met him, that Donald Trump would be president, you know I would have pulled a total, like, back-in-time, you know, Terminator 2, you know, operation keep to in save mind, the world. Keep it's in mind, not- Secret Service, this is totally a hypothetical situation. I mean, we you know, obviously, we can't time travel, and I'm not even sure that that would be illegal. Andrew, this is what we're going to yeah. do tonight. Look, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just saying to you everything as Gavin whispers it in my ear. So it's not like this is even coming from me. Jesus, Gavin, what did I tell you about talking to the guests? Oh. All right, Andrew, so hang on just a second. And he really needs to stop trying to sell me Coke. (laughs) No, it's only Mountain Dew. Trust me, it's fine. Oh, okay. All right, Andrew, so here's what's going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to explain what we're going to do tonight, so just hang on. We'll be right back with you. So for the show tonight, we're going to do something a little different than usual. Uh, Different in the fact that I'm not drinking alone and ranting into the microphone. I'm drinking with someone, and we'll both rant into a microphone. I brought Andrew in to play our new game show, Five Questions, where he will be competing for the following fabulous prizes. First... Costco's new colorful chrome hot seats. These everywhere chairs are lightweight but strong. Fold to four inches flat from Costco. And the original Mr. Coffee and genuine Mr. Coffee filter. Joe DiMaggio says it's the greatest automatic coffee brewing system ever. And a deep fryer and golden dip. Quality meat, seafood, and chicken deserve this fine breading, not leftover crumbs. You can bake or fry with golden dip. All right, Andrew. Roll that D20 and tell me the question you've got. It is a number six. Number six. Question number six. Question number six. Simply put, the fourth doctor is the best doctor, if for no other reason than the scarf. Defend or refute? Oh, I'm going to defend that. The fourth doctor is, first of all, let's let's make this clear. The fourth doctor is my doctor. Tom Baker is my doctor. The fact... I actually think that Colin Baker should be murdered and all record of his existence destroyed just so that there doesn't have to be another actor named Baker who played the doctor. That's that's how much I love Tom Baker that I'd be willing to philosophically kill for him. Also, I have to say, that scarf, I actually have a friend in high school. True story. My friend Greg Watson, he he actually purchased, and here's how he got it. He did, this was back in the 80s, okay? He was watching when you could a, do things like this. He was you know, when you do things like this. He was watching a fundraiser 
on the local Philadelphia PBS station, and he actually donated enough to the station. As a high school student, as a high school student, he donated enough to the station. Where did he get the money? Drugs. He donated <laughs> enough to the station to get himself a Tom Baker-style Doctor Who, you know, 100,000 color, 22-foot-long scarf. And then he would wear it around my high school. And I need to emphasize, I need to emphasize that he, that I went to an all-boys Catholic, very, very Caucasian high school, and Greg was basically the only black guy there. Right. So picture my friend Greg, and he was also like one of the tallest people. He was already like six feet tall when he was, you know, 15 years old. So he's this tall black guy in an otherwise, in a school full of white midgets, and he is wearing a 22-foot-long scarf. Did he? Did he have? Did he have the, the, an afro? Was it big, tall hair? Because Baker had some he hair. Had a, he had a mini fro. Mini fro. Okay. He had. He, you know where it was like the. It's like it was an afro, but it had been trimmed down. You know, you know where I mean. Where it's almost right. like you do a bowl cut over the afro, so oh, yeah. it's still like an afro, but it's 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 lowered. You know. Gotcha. All right. So it wasn't the scalp. It wasn't the full Angela Davis, right? No. Gotcha. No, no. No. Okay. No. Gotcha. All well, right. I mean, not, at least not on the top of his head. No. <laughs> I got that reference. All right, so it's established. Tom Baker, fourth doctor, the best doctor ever. I think it's irrefutable. Thank you. Let's get ready for number two. All right, Andrew, question number two. Roll a D20. I am rolling. A number two. Number two. You were in Washington, D.C. for the Women's March on Washington. How do you see the resistance in light of other successful protest movements like anti-apartheid or ACT UP? in the 80s and 90s versus the rather less successful movements like the protests that we all engaged in against the Iraq War or Occupy Wall Street. Really, what do you think? Do you think that the resistance, these protest marches, have a chance of doing anything? I do. I think they have a really good chance if we could just, if they could just be, and this is, all I'm saying is that they could just be better armed. However, I want to add, I just want to add on top of that. And by the way, I really am trying to avoid saying anything that is controversial on this podcast. But I, I do have to say this because I have to correct the record. I have to correct the historical record here. I was not in Washington, D.C. for the Women's March. Oh, that's right. You left town, didn't you? I did leave town. I did. You now, left town for the inauguration, not because of the march. Andrew's not a fascist. I'm not a... Well, but, you know, here's the thing. Um, I, I was not in town because what I did was I had a dear old friend of mine and, and uh, um, uh, named Elizabeth whose family owns a huge farm, a gigantic – it's a square mile in extent. Like it's like – I don't know what that is, like 500, 600 acres. It's this gigantic cattle farm up in upstate New York. So actually, is it where Ithaca is gorgeous, or uh, is it? It the, is. It actually. She uh, once she and her friends were kind enough to bring me to the Ithaca is gorgeous uh, tour, and it was. Did you get was, one of those green shirts? I did not. You I should. did not. Greatest, All right. If, you, if, if later there's a question of what the greatest regret of my life is, by the way, I've already answered it. Now. Okay, it exactly. Like, yeah, I know we all feel the same way. Yeah. So I I was uh, there on this farm. I, I so when the day of the election, the day Trump was elected, you know, um, I thought to myself. I do not want to be in Washington, D.C., you know, my hometown for, for the time. Not, not where I grew up. I grew up in Philadelphia, but my hometown for the last 22 years. I do not want to be in Washington, D.C. when the Trump train, you know, really, you know, starts chugging out of the station. Right. You were there, you were there for Bush's inauguration, right? I was there for Bush's inauguration. Did you feel the same way? 
Did no, we, no. I. You know, the funny thing is, I, I mean, you got to understand, it's pre-9-11. I just figure Bush would come in and be kind of like Gerald Ford, except deadlier. Yeah. I figured he'd just kind of like trip over his own words and kill himself. Right, like, yeah. I figured he'd just like, he'd be like going down a set of stairs, trip over one of his own words, tumble down the stairs and break his neck. Like, I just, that, that, that's what I thought. No, no, happen. I think we all felt the same way. I mean, we kind of thought him as a clueless incompetent that was just going to, and we were right. I was, I was in D.C., and uh, it was before I knew you guys, obviously, because I was, I was still, uh, I was still, I think at the time I was a store detective at Walmart. But uh, I, uh, I went to the, I went to the, to the protests at his inaugural parade, and I was part of the people that turned their back on him. Uh, if you remember, oh, yeah, yeah oh, that was that was a really powerful and very a honorable, yeah, very honorable. It was my friend. peaceful and and it didn't get a lot of play. But you know, hey, we we were pissed because apparently. The election was stolen. I don't know what the hell that was about. I mean, at least it was just stolen by a bunch of Florida Republicans, not a bunch of Russians. But hey, so you were you were out of town for yeah. I believe Bush's quote at the time was that was like stealing candy from a two hundred year old constitutional <laughs> democracy, and you know which. I, to, to give him credit, good quote. And, and that's yeah. it's probably the wisest thing he said. May, may, well, certainly, certainly the most self-revealing. But I, I, I think it is important that I, I explain something to you. Yeah. So I spent it on a cattle farm, and while I was on that cattle farm, you have to understand that when you walk along, when you walk across a cattle farm, you see a lot of cow plops. You see a lot of, you know... You're telling me there's a lot of shit there, yeah. I'm, I, you see a lot of cattle excrement, and I remember thinking to myself, gee, I wonder where I'd be seeing more cattle excrement. At the inauguration? Or here on this gigantic cattle farm. We all heard that speech, so we know the answer to that question. All right, Andrew, question number three. Roll that D20. Oh, it landed on a corner. No, it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> it's number ten. Number ten. Andrew, question number ten. Mm-hmm. We're sitting here enjoying some fine Jameson Black Label whiskey. Yet you, sir, are a Scotchman. Can you explain to me why a whiskey that tastes like someone put a flash of premium unleaded in a bottle is so fucking great? No, wait, are you referring to what we're drinking right now, which is Jameson Black Barrel, or are you referring to my favorite whiskey, uh, which is Laphroaig? Uh, that's exactly what I'm referring to. To Laphroaig? Oh, let me tell you about Laphroaig. That, you, you're going to have to because uh, uh, our, friend, our friend Bernie gave me some Laphroaig when we were up for his wedding, and I couldn't drink it. It tasted like gasoline. Okay, I love, I love Laphroaig. Uh, what can I say? I like my single malt scotch. I like my whiskey the way I like my women. You know, um... Hairy-legged and in a kilt? Savoring <laughs> of spoiled butter and earth. Oh, I, 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 don't, I don't know what else to say. I, I, just, I just love it. It's, you know what it is? It's, it's, it's just got that great, like, three-day-old unwashed laundry smell. And, 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 <laughs> and that I, I, I don't know. It just it does something for me. Hey, Lefroig, if you would like this to be a sponsored post for your whiskey... Please reach out to us right now. I mean, before I discovered Laphroaig, before I was introduced to Laphroaig, the only way I was able to satisfy that that particular appetite, which Laphroaig now satisfies for me, right. the only way I was able to, to do that was to literally haunt graveyards at night, dig up old corpses, and suckle them. And, and I have to say, I... I feel like it's more hygienic and more ethical 
to drink Lafroig. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Lafroig. Try Lafroig if you like corpses. All right, Andrew, we've come to question number four. Could you roll your d20, please? A three, the magic number. Number three. Oh, no, I like this question. I I'm, I'm liked it better than our, our blown take right there. You like all the questions, you narcissist. Oh, of course I did. I wrote them. So that's because I'm, I'm a podcasting genius. Number three. When we grew up, the idea of the Russians were the ultimate bad guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we had Gorby. I mean, we called the dude Gorby. He was snuggly. He had the mark on his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who do you think now is scarier? The old school crazy Russians like the Brezhnevs? Or Vladimir Putin? Oh, undoubtedly Vladimir Putin. I mean, Brezhnev... You know you know what Brezhnev was like? He was like that big, triple-headed dog in Harry Potter. I mean, sure, theoretically he was dangerous, but you just, you know, feed him the right kind of drink and play him the right kind of music, and he safely falls asleep. You give vodka to Leonid. He like. Exactly. Brezhnev was harmless. I never... I was never afraid of Leonid Brezhnev. Uh, but where's Putin? I mean, let's face it. Putin is a man who actually, like, as far as I know, Brezhnev ever, never actually, like, had reporters killed, you know, because they, you know, said... Well, we wouldn't know. I mean, let's face it, we, the, the Soviet Union was closed off by then, so he probably did have reporters killed, except there weren't very many reporters, so they all worked for TAS and Pravda. They all worked for TAS. Yeah, exactly. Good Do point. Do you know yeah. that TAS is still around? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? TAS is still around. So, I think so, that's yeah. great. Thinking about this... I mean, obviously Stalin. His name is Vladimir. His yeah. name is Vlad. His name is Vlad. His, literally, his name is Vlad. He has not impaled anyone as Which is not a name with a great history yeah. in Eastern Europe, right? There's Vladimir Ilyich Lenin, and then there's Vladimir Putin. Vladimir <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah, so obviously Stalin. Right. Worst. I mean, we're going from, like, the, the scariest fucking Russian. Who, by the way, did you know that his name literally means man of steel? Yeah, oh yeah, well yeah. yeah, he changed it. I mean, I can't remember what it was. Do before. you know that Vladimir Putin, his name literally means man of nether steel? He is so <laughs> vain. <laughs> they, he probably thinks this... I'm not going to finish that. No, no, don't, don't, don't. don't. Um, so what, I mean, do you, what do you think's going on here with, with Trump and, and Vlad? I mean, do you, seriously, give me, give me your call on it. What do you think's going on? Oh, oh, oh my God. Um, I want to be very careful. And very, I have a lot of friends in D.C. We're not journalists who here. work for we, the government. You can speculate. You I, can I just, want to be very careful right. the way I express myself here. A little bouncy, bouncy. <laughs> I think to put it little in my bouncy, term, bouncy. I think it's a little I bring bouncy, Donnie, bouncy. I bring Donnie to yeah. Moscow and make bouncy, bouncy and pee pee on bed. Yes, exactly. it's good. Bouncy, bouncy and pee pee on you bed. Really, so you really think that the pee tape exists? I do think it exists. Yes, yeah, so do I. Come I, I mean, don't you? Right. Oh God, yeah. I mean, the pee, the pee tape is out there. I mean. There was a, there was a story that I that I that I heard, and I'm not going to quote sources because it was just a Twitter rumor. <laughs> Literally, the Russians were about to arrest him for sex crimes, which implies some pretty dark shit, like underage children. Again, not news here. This is a podcast. This is not news. This is just some Twitter rumors I heard. But we got them on tape having what you Americans call sex with underage feces. <laughs> And, I mean, the, do I, uh, the P tape is a perfect example because it is such fucking classic Trump. He brings in hookers to pee on the bed right. that, that, that Barack and Michelle slept in. That, 
I mean, that's not even, like, weird to, like, imagine. That's like, oh, yeah, he would completely do that. No, no, that that's the weird thing about it. It's like Moby Dick levels of obsessive revenge, right? Yeah. Like, but that's Trump. Do you think that they thought he would win, or do you think that they just got really fucking lucky? No, I, I don't think they thought he would win, but here's, here's... I've actually thought a lot about this, and by thought a lot about this, I mean that for the last ten seconds I've been thinking about it. <laughs> right. And That's more than I think about. Here is my considered opinion. I think that as the, as we were going to the election, I actually think the Russians were like, well, it's kind of like a roll of the dice. If if we get stuff on him and use it on him, then if he happens to win, big payoff. Big payoff for us. Is good. Is good. But on the other hand, if, as most people then were expecting, at least up until the Comey revelations, right, at least up until the late Comey revelations, as everyone's expecting, if he would won, then they could then simply throw all of their resources against exploiting their Hillary resources. But when you think about it, it's like, since the leaks were mostly against Hillary, they, they kind of had a lot to, to weaken. In other words, we'll either have all the stuff we need to weaken the president if Hillary Clinton is elected, which is what we expect. So I think they actually probably concentrated on their efforts on gathering information that would weaken her. Right. That would be, that's just a suspicion. I have no inside knowledge. But the thing is, with Trump, they were like, okay, but he's our Hail Mary. Like, if we actually somehow pull this off, then we heck, heck, we could have our man in the White House. We could have, you know, the Siberian candidate. So it's, I really do think, you know, or Muscovian candidate, whatever you want to say. <laughs> but the truth is, like, I think that for the Russians, it was kind of a win-win strategy. And I think that this gets back to the point that although I hate the man, I think it's hard to deny that when it comes to political genius, Trump and Putin are just not even in the same category. Oh, no. Putin is a world-class... Super you know, villain. I mean, he's... So, you know, yeah. He's basically a bald guy stroking a long-haired cat in a, in a rotating chair. Exactly. It, it, Look it's, what you've done to Mr. Bigglesworth! Exactly. I, which, by the way, the fact that Trump has never actually said that about Paul Ryan continues to astonish me. Um, but it's... it's <laughs> I really think that Putin, as the evil mastermind that he is, which is, by the way, why I think it's so important that we do everything we can to oppose him, but but it, regardless, given that he is such an evil genius, I think he was he successfully played both games at the same time, which I suppose, uh, unfortunately, as much as I hate to admit it, is a kind of a tribute to him. Exactly. I, and uh, something that, that clearly only Stalin... I mean, uh, it, we're talking about Russian leaders. The only thing... Let's face it. The only thing that Trump could pull off is his wig. <laughs> it's... All right, Andrew, question five. Roll the D20. It's just an ampersand. No, wait, oh, wait, it's an eight. <laughs> I could not have planned this better. Question number eight. Joel or Mike? Oh, Mike. All right, that's all we need to know. Do, do you want me to elaborate? No, I actually think that that's a perfectly good answer. Okay. All right, Andrew. We finished the five questions, and now it's time for the bonus round. Yippee! The bonus question is, and I'm stealing this from another podcaster, and I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to ask this as the bonus round to every guest that sits in your chair. You're a thief, and you should be hanged. <laughs> of course I am. Because theft is the most sincere form of flattery. It's the most sincere form of property. Theft is property. Property uh, possession is not property. Is law. Flattery. Got exactly. If you had to hang a sign, uh, oh, so obviously, let me let me back this up. On my what? <laughs> I was going to say around your neck, but let, let me back this up. 
So, I mean, you and I both have, have seen a lot of changes in our lives, and we thought that we were going in one direction. And we the wound band? Up, the, the, the one direction, yes. Wow. Now, I've never gone in one direction, the band. I have only gone in the, one, in the Backstreet Boys. The band. I was briefly a member, but I regret it. Uh, most people do. So, I mean, obviously there's been changes in your life. You 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 started down an academic path, thinking you were going to teach in university. Um, now you're you, you've gone into another side of education. I was in the military, and then I was a veterinary. Then I was a veterinary technician. Uh, now I'm a podcast host. Yeah. By the way, don't do that. There's no money in this. There's just just don't don't. All right. So if you had there's a ha- reason why your typical podcaster. Is not just walking down the street shouting cha-ching at the top of his lungs. That's because, uh, yeah, look, there's, there, yeah, there's no money. Shut up, Gavin, I'll pay you when I get another case of Mountain Dew. That's, that's how that works. All right, so here's the actual question. Mm-hmm. If you had to hang a sign around your neck with one word on it to describe who you see yourself as, what would that word be? Oh, gosh, I guess Badger. <laughs> Badger, like the the animal. Oh yeah. All right. Do you want me to elaborate? Because I'm not willing to. I don't think I don't think any elaboration is next to you. Andrew Rodell, ladies and gentlemen, a a, a a master of bon mots, a savant of a barbecue grill, a possessor of a PhD in history, and a badger. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. That is it for our show this week. We'd like to thank Dr. Rodell for being on the show with us and for prescribing that cream for Gavin's rash, even though he's he's not a medical doctor. That was great. I, I hope the pharmacy will take that script he wrote written in crayon. Um, let us know what you thought of the show, or just get angry with me for my thoughts on which was the, the superior doctor, or or the benefits of rash cream by hitting me up on Twitter at the Hell underscore Podcast or the show name on Facebook. You can email the show at the What the at What the Hell Podcast at Gmail dot com. Rate and review the shows on iTunes so other people can have their minor skin irritations diagnosed and treated. Just been a lot of rash talk on the show lately. I'm not sure what's going on. All the shows are on SoundCloud at the show name and at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, the scabby and itchy producer Gavin, Dr. Andrew Rodell, and all the other real and fictional people on this show, we want to say that Dave has hit the wall. The only, this show is his all. One bottle of whiskey a week and getting so drunk he can't even speak. His dreams, they went out the door when he turned 44. He was such a young man. What happened to his plan? We'll see you all next week.